0: You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. On this week's show, I am thrilled to be joined by Jessica Sobraj. She is a terrific music industry innovator. She works on the nonprofit side, she works on the for profit side. She's doing great stuff everywhere. On the nonprofit side, she is the president of Women in Music, an organization that's been supporting women in the arts for over three decades. And when she's not doing that, she's the CEO of CoSigned, a platform that helps creatives protect their content and manage their intellectual property agreements with other artists. You can find out more about all of her great work by visiting www.womeninmusic.org and www.coSigned, that's dot com, Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Sobraj is on the Break the Business podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Jessica.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. So happy to be here.
0: I'm so thrilled to have you. All right, let's let's segment this off because we got a lot of cool stuff on your resume to talk about. First (laughs) things first, let's talk about your work with women in music. I've heard you say in the past about this organization that a big part of what you guys do is about empowering women and helping them become successful. So, in your experience, what sort of solutions and circumstances tend to be the most conducive to helping women succeed in the industry? Uh, what what kind of conditions for women is your organization trying to bring about?
1: Sure, yeah. So WIM has been around um, since 1985, and we're currently the largest and longest-running nonprofit for women in the music industry. And so, to put things in perspective, when I joined the board. We were maybe a couple hundred members in New York, and this was like five years ago. Fast forward to today, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of members across 15 cities worldwide, and there's about 150 of us almost who are working daily on a volunteer basis to just run this organization. Um, There's so many things that I think people are getting from WIM right now, and the growth is really a testament to the industry kind of coming together and wanting to support all of these women. So within our group, you can find everything from job opportunities, housing opportunities, mentors, speaking engagements, um, a swath of just educational opportunities. I think currently we're doing about 50 events annually worldwide. Um, So you asked specifically about conditions for women. I've been fortunate enough to now travel the world speaking about equality for women in the music industry. And it kind of differs from place to place. There are specific needs that we here in the U.S. have, like we need more access to job opportunities, to mentorship and networking opportunities. Those are probably the biggest. Um, And of course, everyone worldwide needs a safe space to just exist and to voice our concerns and to feel like we're supported by the people we work with and work so it really, you know, ranges from place to place. The more, the more you go towards the Caribbean and South America, the more the concerns become about um, economic empowerment and the gaps that exist there because of that. So it's it's totally different depending on where you go.
0: Sure. Um, and turning our focus to the American industry, um, how much would you say it's important for women to have representation? amongst the decision-makers in the industry, amongst the Academy. I only think of this because of the recent news of the Recording Academy, adding 900 new members and changing the composition of their nominating committees to make it almost an equal split between men and women is, I assume this is something that's a welcome development amongst your organization.
1: Definitely. Visibility is a huge initiative for us. The idea is of course, if you can see it, you can be it. Um, And so what we're seeing now are, are organizations like the Recording Academy Um, Even companies like Spotify, Warner, Universal, all kind of forming their own internal women in music groups or programs designed to elevate women Mm. to the upper ranks to become the decision makers. Because even today, there's still a few of them that exist at the top. And now we're seeing the tide turn. Um, In turn, those women that are at the top are now more open to mentoring women coming up in the business themselves, too. I think we all kind of understand that, you know, the old days of women being catty against each other or there being any animosity is something of the past and something as a community we're just not into anymore. And that this needs to be a supportive movement, not just, you know, of women supporting each other, but also men recognizing that there is an imbalance and wanting to correct that too.
0: And organizations like Women in Music are obviously on the front lines of that kind of creation of camaraderie between women, especially because you have the local chapters, so you can really get involved in, in, in the micro level. If you want to find out more about the organization, you visit womeninmusic.org. All right, let's move from the social entrepreneurship side of your life to just the entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship side of your life. <laughs> and let's talk about Cosign. Can you tell us a bit about what this platform does?
1: Yeah, so CoSign is really an easy and affordable way for creators to document what they own whenever they work with other people. Um, And the backstory on how this company came to be is that my co-founders and I and all of the advisors have had decades and decades of experience in working with creators. Um, I personally started in sync licensing. So I have a track record of putting music into TV shows and, and ads and films and things like that. And in just that process, I've seen I've seen so many things go wrong when people who create music together don't take the time to actually figure out, hey, who owns this, this piece of music? So, um, for example, probably the most common things that we get asked is, uh, someone wrote one line of my song. Do they actually own a piece of it? Or my producer says that he or she owns the instrumentals. Do they actually own that? Or... I got paid to work on a song. Do I, do I own part of it? Um, The one of the, the most horrific things I've seen is just music being used and abused without anyone getting paid for it. And the bottom line is when you don't take the time to actually document who owns your music, you flat out just don't get paid for it. And that's why, you know, a lot of these DSPs are getting sued and creators are suing each other because there's money being left on the table or money being sent to someone else that, Rightfully should go to the people who actually created it.
0: Yeah, and my experience when I work with clients on these kind of matters, you know, the advice I try to impart to them is, you know, figure out these kind of ownership and use questions before money becomes an issue, because everybody's going to be a lot more agreeable uh, in those early stages. So, in your experience, if you have a group of musicians that are writing a song together, when in the timeline of of the creative process does the paperwork get involved? Like how, how early should it be involved? Like, are are they just all kind of sitting around the studio, you know, making great stuff and all suddenly somebody just brings in a sheet of paper and let's, you know, how, how does, how would, how does that tend to work most effectively in your experience?
1: Yeah. That's always kind of an awkward part when someone pops up with a sheet of paper, like, Hey guys, sign (laughs) this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, it depends. I've seen creators who constantly work together just have this understanding, like, Hey, There's four of us, so we each own 25% of this thing. Um, I've seen instances where it's not that way, um, where if someone just wrote like one line, maybe they own five or 10%. I think the important thing to note though is without that agreement in place, Under copyright law, all of those collaborators by default have an an equal share of ownership. So that means if it's you and one person creating a song and they've literally only written one line, technically, they could come back later and say, well, hey, wait a second, I own 50 percent of that copyright, too. So I think the earlier, the better. On um, CoSign, the really, really re- great, thing about us is that you can create these agreements in minutes and propose them to your collaborators in minutes. Um, and it's, it's a collaborative effort, so everybody gets to come on and say, "Yeah, this feels accurate, this feels right. I do own that percentage of this copyright." And if you feel that that is wrong, you can actually propose an alternative. So aside from um, just documenting who owns the copyright on CoSign, you can actually dictate who's allowed to license your content, which coming from a licensing background, that's a huge, huge, huge deal.
0: Oh, I can imagine. And, you know, we talk about the awkwardness of bringing ink and paper into a very creative songwriting session, but I would imagine if what you're using is instead, you know, a electronic kind of format that anybody can sort of freely edit on their devices, I imagine that makes the process a little more efficient, a little more seamless, uh, you know, a little less uncool to some extent.
1: Yeah, I I say this all the time. Anything legal seems really scary and really uncool. (laughs) Um, And so for us, our goal was really to create something that was easy to use, affordable, and really streamlined. So there's, there's no extra bells and whistles. Any extra text that you see is actually meant to help you and to educate you about why a specific part of copyright is important, you know, why a specific clause might be important. Um, and then we wanted to make sort of a safe space for you to invite your attorney to review your agreements too, if you feel that that's, that's something you need. And if you don't have an attorney, we have a partnership with a company called Priori Legal, who will actually hook you up with one.
0: Well, that is something I, th- I found very intriguing about your platform as an attorney, because when when this uh, app was first presented to me. My first thought was, "Uh oh, I can see a whole bunch of artists going rogue and not talking to their lawyers." But you guys were really purposeful about making sure that there's still a role, a very important role for the lawyer to play in the process. And you know, and you, you always want to have good legal counsel alongside you, and that's you know, that's Absolutely. certainly something I appreciate. Um, another aspect of your platform, and again, you can check this out at Cosigned. C O S Y N D dot com. Another aspect about your platform that I like is how it helps artists with copyright registration. You have a whole uh, part of your platform for that, and you know that's a really big, important issue for me. I'm always trying to encourage artists to register their copyrights. It's so, so important. And since I have you on here and you are a copyright and licensing expert, I would love for you to continue in this crusade I have to make sure that people (laughs) don't do the poor man's copyright. Can you tell the listeners why they should not be sticking their songs in envelopes and mailing them to themselves?
1: Oh, my God. It's awful. It's the most (laughs) lame thing you could do. It's so 1980s. Don't do that anymore. So there are certain rights that you're given the moment copyright is created, right? We all agree on that. But the reason why you need to register your copyrights with the Copyright Office is because you get these added protections as well too. Um, First and foremost, there's now a public record as to who owns what, but the most important thing is if you you file with the, the Copyright Office, you can actually file an infringement suit if your content is being used and abused. If you have not filed with the Copyright Office, there is nothing you can do. You cannot go and file a lawsuit. And so the minimum amount of damages you can get from, from an infringement suit is 150,000 per work. So I know people look at the cost of registering as you know a barrier to actually doing so, but the benefits far outweigh that. So I think right now in the Copyright Office, the cost is anywhere from $35 for a very simple application up to $55 for a more complex application. Cosign adds a $29.99 fee on top of that. So we're still the fastest and the cheapest way to register with the Copyright Office. And the great thing about us is once you're actually using the platform to create ownership of your content, within a couple of clicks, you can fill out your copyright registration application. So you're not having to sit there and spend hours poring over that piece of paper. You're not trying to learn how to use the copyright office's website. Everything is a very simple click through process. Make sure it looks right, and then submit it to us, and we take care of it.
0: All right. So let me just make sure. I'm going to do some quick review here, because uh, there's a you know you, you we got a lot of great resources that you've helped put together in your terrific career in music. If we want to empower women in music, if we want to create more opportunities uh, for women, we got womeninmusic.org. If you're looking for ways to manage agreements with your fellow co-collaborators for the works that you create and get some help with your copyright registration, that's cosigned, C-O-S-Y-N-D.com. This has been terrific, Jessica. I really appreciate your time on this. A lot of great advice about something that's really important for indie artists, which is managing your intellectual property. Because when you are running your own music business as indie artists are doing, your IP is everything. Your copyrights are everything. And so managing them effectively, making sure you protect yourself is so critical. And so I'm, I'm glad that you have an organization that's on the front lines to help artists do that.
1: Yeah, thanks. We're, we're happy to be a part of the cause and really just making it easier and affordable for everybody to protect themselves. And that's what we're all about.
0: Fabulous. Uh, Jessica, before we let you go, and this has been a treat, do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward?
1: Yeah, don't mail yourself <laughs> your, your music. <laughs> just, just come to Coastline. We'll take care of it.
0: <laughs> Sound advice, indeed. Jessica Sobraj, everybody. Check her out at womeninmusic.org and CoSign.com. Thank you so much for being on this week. We will see you all next week on the Break the Business podcast.